This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside FM allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Blues Podcast. I am Josh and I am joined by my two co-hosts, Peter and Alex. We are here to discuss another Chelsea win. This one is against Crystal Palace, 4-1 final. Christian Pulisic gets two goals. We have Kai Havertz getting a goal. And I think that, you know what, maybe, just maybe, this could snap Kai Havertz out of the bad funk that we have seen for a while now. Um, you know what? I have to give it to him. He had a pretty good match. And I think that Christian Pulisic as well, we saw him with the uh, injury issues. Excuse me. He was able to be on the bench for the FC Porto match, though. So that was a good thing. And then obviously he was able to get the start today. Did not see Timo Werner in there. Um, so I was very happy about that. I'm not, I'm not going to lie on this podcast. I'm going to state to you my opinions and what they are and what are, you know, People agree with me or not. I know Alex and Peter don't have the same opinions that I do on Christian Pol- or not Christian Pulisic, excuse me, on Timo Werner, and that's fine. Listen, I'm I'm not gonna lie. When I didn't see him on the pitch and that starting uh, that starting eleven, I was I was very happy. I, I have to be honest. So four win, a four one win for Chelsea, and I'm very excited to uh, throw it to one of you guys to you know kind of talk about this win. Okay, first things first. I need to start here. You already have an opinion that I differ with. 
in the first 30 seconds of you speaking, you said Kai Havertz had a good game, which I don't disagree with. But then you said to break him out of a bad spell he's been having for a while, which I disagree with because he's actually been playing very, very well since Tuchel's come in. He's had a, he, he hasn't really showed up on the score sheet or had many assists. He hasn't been involved in goals, but he's been playing well. He's been making good runs. You could see that in the game. He got into a re- really good option. Yeah, uh, really good spaces. But, hmm, you know, I differ with you on a lot of things, and I will not go into other ones, like Werner. But <laughs> Havertz has had a great game, and I think you can see... This is what I've been... I texted Josh during the game when Havertz is playing really well, and I was like, this is what I've been trying to say what happened to Timo Werner throughout every time he's had a bad game, where eventually he keeps making the good runs, he keeps getting the chances, eventually he's going to get the confidence back, and eventually he'll start to play better again. Timo Werner hasn't, but at least it's happened to one of the two Germans and Kai Havertz. He easily could have had like three or four goals. He needs to work on his finishing. But so do a lot of players on our team, to be fair. But, I mean, you could see how talented he is and how much potential he has. I mean, he played extremely, extremely well. The one in particular, the one who lofted through ball over, took a touch over the defender. And it was a, it was, it was a good shot, but Guaida saved it. But that was, that was crazy. That was a great chance. I mean, he played very well. I, I'll say it now. I think he's going to start versus Porto. I think you have to keep him in the lineup after a game like that. Another player who had a good game, Christian Pulisic. He looks like he's back in very, very good form. Kind of like the form we saw towards the end of last season where he basically secured us top four. Uh, which is very important to us because if he can show up every game, you, we know how talented he is. He showed it in this game how good he is. But the big thing is, can he stay on the field and play in multiple games, play for 90 minutes without risking injury? Because that's we've everybody knows how good he is and how good he can be but the one really problem is can he stay fit and if he can then i think we can secure top four if he can keep playing well but if he gets injured that changes things but we'll see he's been playing very well i think he's far and away the man of the match but kai havertz also played well and i do want to give a shout to kyle mutson who also played very very well a bit of an underrated performance because he didn't score any goals. He obviously got the assist on the Havertz goal, though. Uh, it was a good pass through two defenders. I mean, he came in after Reese James had a long run on the side, and I think it's kind of unfair to him that he hasn't really gotten much playtime because Reese James has been playing so well. And he played well. Chilwell stayed on the side, played well. Similar to Kalamazan Dor, I think Alonso's getting a bit unlucky because Chilwell has been playing very well. Uh, Jorginho and Kovacic looked like they actually belonged. Jorginho didn't play bad. He looked like he was up to speed. And I think these are the kind of games where he succeeds in, where we control most of the possession. He can kind of set the tempo, not worry about anything, uh, any defending as much. And then Zuma obviously came in. Christensen picked up a bit of a knock. Uh, he is traveling with a squad uh, for the Champions League game. So he can, he, and he is fit to play, Dugo said. But Zuma came in, scored a goal. He has more goals than, like, Martial, Bale. Many, many good players in the league. Uh, Mendy played well again. Everybody, I mean, nobody played badly. Everybody played very well. Great game. It was so fun to watch. 
only takeaway is that we need to be better at finishing because this we should have had like seven goals and could have been very much, it could have been much more fun than it was. But it was a great game, great performance. Hopefully we can keep this momentum into the Porto game. Yeah, I mean, Peter, you pretty much touched on most things here. I mean, I've, one thing I'll mention Kai Havertz again, I, I was really impressed with the way he handled himself on the pitch. Uh, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people can, uh, obviously, with the German connection there, a lot of people can, uh, you know, connect him to Mesut Ozil. I see it quite a bit. They both kind of have a similar way of play. They both kind of play the game at their own pace. And, you know, kind of a couple of the areas where he wasn't able to finish, I kind of felt like he was almost in his own little world. Um, He didn't really take the surroundings into consideration. He just kind of you know, whether he was placing it where he should have really just shot with power uh, or whether he shot with power when he could have placed it. Sometimes I feel like he's not always taking in his surroundings very well. Um, he, he see, you know, he's almost like in his own world uh, sometimes. So I think that's kind of something he's going to need to improve on. But yeah, I wanted to go to the Premier League table real quick because, you know, the top four race, like you mentioned, Peter, um, it's heating up, right? So there's for me, you know, obviously Manchester United, Man City, they're going to be in the top two, right? Um, that That's pretty much undisputed at this point uh, based on how you look at the table. And I'd say there's about four teams vying for this top four spot, right? These three and four spot. Um, obviously Tottenham, they lost yesterday to Man United. Uh, so they're, you know, they're not really in great situation. I don't think they're in the running for top four anymore and everyone below them. Uh, I don't think is uh, in it either. So you're looking at Liverpool, obviously Chelsea, West Ham, and Leicester. I think those teams, those four teams, you're going to have two of them uh, who are going to make the top four and two that are not. And you look kind of at their remaining schedules, right? Um, obviously Chelsea and West Ham have an important game coming up. Uh, you know, this not our next Premier League game, but our se- uh, second to next one, I guess. Uh, our next next one, if that makes any sense. Uh, against West Ham. So that's going to be a critical game. We also play Leicester at the second to last game of the season. We have Arsenal, we have Man City, Fulham, Brighton, Aston Villa. So we have a couple tough games in there, um, and we definitely would need uh, to do well in that stretch. Uh, If you look at Liverpool, they've got some tough games as well. They've got Man United, uh, Leeds, um, but really they have a pretty easy stretch compared to us. You look at West Ham, they have a very, you know, somewhat easy stretch. I think in order to stop West Ham from making the top four, we'd have to beat them when we play them in a couple of weeks. I think that would be critical because besides that, I think I can see them sweeping the rest of their schedule. They have Newcastle, Burnley, Everton, who haven't been great recently, Brighton, West Brom, and Southampton, who I believe they can probably beat all of those guys. So it's really important that we don't drop points. Um, and then finally, you look at Leicester. And they have a tough-ish schedule. They obviously have Chelsea. They have Man United. They also have Spurs. Uh, So there's definitely some tougher games in there for Leicester. So I think in terms of what you're looking at here, I I think West Ham are in a very good position to finish top four, actually. Um, And I think Chelsea really needs to, you know, outperform Liverpool and Leicester here to get into this top four. And Chelsea do have the toughest run-in, I would say, um, you know, out of any of these top four teams. So it's going to be a tough challenge. But also, I would say we are in the best position with our squad and we are playing the best football out of any of these teams as well, maybe bar West Ham. Um, But I just kind of wanted to give a quick overview or obviously not that quick, actually, but an overview of, uh, you know, the kind of top four situation before we got to the Porto game. 
um, because this is really important because, you know, if we don't win the Champions League, we're not going to be in the Champions League next season if we don't finish top four. Yeah, and Alex, going off of what you're saying with the Chelsea and how, you know, good form, how much good form they are in, um, something I didn't mention when I kind of did the intro to this episode was I have to say that was the best first half Chelsea has played this whole season. I think it's hands down. We were getting the ball into the into the box, I think, of Crystal Palace more and more, you know, after the minutes went. And basically, before you were even able to, uh, Chelsea fans, sit down and enjoy the game, you know, maybe get some lunch here when we were watching in the U.S. at around 12.30, 12.45. Um, before you are even able to do that and get, you know, get some rested on the couch, Chelsea was already scoring goals and putting, you know, the ball in the back of the net. So I thought that was uh, very, very good. Um, and I don't know if you guys did it. I think you, some, uh, I think you guys did your man of the matches, but I had Jorginho as my man of the match. Um, even though he didn't get on the score sheet, I believe that he had the best match out of all the Chelsea players in this game. I think that they gave him way too much time on the ball. They gave him maybe a little too much spacing as well, Crystal Palace. Um, he was able to do what he does best, and that's you know being able to move around the ball, move around defenders. Um, but I just thought it was kind of weird to me um, just seeing how much room Crystal Palace gave him to move around the pitch uh, and, and you know kind of uh, being able to make the pass he wanted to make. Um, he was also able to get into, I think, several tackles to keep the possession, um, which I'll get to now, which I haven't done in a while. Um, which is a stats, and that's the Chelsea possession was 64% to 36%. Um, and this is the biggest one to me, the shots and shots on goal, 23 to 1. That is unbelievable. One shot, one shot on goal. One shot overall for Crystal Palace, and that shot was also on goal. For Chelsea, they had 23 shots in this game. It was a 20, 23 to that. That's unbelievable. Uh, and then 10 to 1 in shots on goal. So just an all-out dominating performance. And I mean, once again, eight corners to, to no corners for Chelsea, five saves to zero saves for Crystal Palace. So you can clearly tell, um, and I mean, I'll, I'll touch on it again. I really do think it was the best Chelsea first half that we've seen so far in this 2020-2021 um, Premier League season. And if you know you guys have a different opinion on that, I'm sure you don't. But if you do, you let me know. Um, but for now, I guess I'll go to something. Oh, no, Alex is actually raising his hand here uh, on the Zencaster. So go ahead. I would actually say, to be fair, Crystal Palace were shocking, especially in that first half. They couldn't even get near the ball. Um, it, it was it was not good from them. But that you know, obviously you can't blame the opposition. You, you play who you're facing, right? You can't choose the opposition. And Chelsea definitely played well. Um, but yeah, that's all I wanted to say. You know, they were definitely not great. Um, you know, they have a lot of dynamic players on that team. Obviously, they have Eze, Zaha, um, but, you know, it really only were, turned around when they brought up Schlup uh, off the bench in the second half, and that's when they started to, like, get more pressure and obviously put the game away with that fourth goal. Um, but, yeah, first half was very nice, oh, very nice performance, very much well done. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to mention that Crystal Palace were quite shocking on the day. Yeah, so I'll move on to Chris uh, Christian Pulisic, who is someone we mentioned in our recap. Uh, I think all of us did. Um, and that was, he spoke after the match about Thomas Tuchel and his role on Chelsea. And I don't have direct quotes. I mean, if you guys want to pull them up, you can go ahead. But basically, I'll just say the gist 
um, of what he said is basically he's not fully familiar with the 3-4-2-1 formation that looks to be Chelsea's primary formation with Thomas Tuchel um, as manager. And I think to give props to the person who really told us about this when Christian Pulisic was injured, um, not starting, not even on the, the bench or the reserves in, in a few matches or one of the matches, I think, Jay McIntosh um, from the Chelsea Social, we had him on. And he basically just said, yeah, there's nothing wrong with Christian Pulisic. He'll be fine. He'll be in there. Um, you know, it's just everyone's time. Everyone has their own time to shine. Uh, and there was the rumors of, of course, there's always rumors about players, but there were rumors that, you know, Christian Pulisic could be transferred to another team, another club. But, you know, he really just said it straight and said, yeah, there's nothing really wrong um, with, with Christian Pulisic and his relationship with Chelsea. And Pulisic basically cleared it up just saying that he's not fully familiar with that 3 4 2 1, but knows that Tuchel has him in his plans for the future. And I think that was really good of him to, you know, step out and, and say something. Um, especially after a great match that he did with the two goals that he had, and both of them being very nice goals, but especially the first one, getting it to that top uh, corner, basically just getting it past the keeper. It was a great goal. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to speak about that too before we move to the portal match um, and see if we have any of, if we have him in any of our lineups. Um, Peter, you weren't able to speak on the stuff earlier. So, I mean, guests, I'll get your, excuse me, I'll get your initial thoughts on the uh, Christian Pulisic news that came out recently. I mean, I don't think there, okay, many, I have many, there's many opinions on this. There's always rumors about things like this where this person's leaving. Like, there's rumors about Hakim Ziyech wanting to be transferred. There's rumors, there's rumors about Jorginho wanting to be transferred, Christian Pulisic. Every time there's someone who doesn't get a few games in, after, like, five games, they only get, like, a sub-appearance. There's always going to be rumors. Almost never are there actually plans to transfer someone until the actual transfer window. Pretty much any rumor, even if they're saying like we're targeting Holland or we're targeting Sergio Aguero in the summer, most teams don't even know who they want until like maybe a month before the transfer window, like at most a month. So I, there's never really any truth to it. I was never in any doubt. I think it was more Tuchel had other players that he thought fit the formation better and he wanted to he because he knew Christian Pulisic obviously he knew how good he can perform and he knew that he said it before that he wanted to bring what he thinks he has a great impact shot off the bench and that it was his fault uh it was his problem Tuchel's problem that he wasn't starting him so I don't I think it was more just unlucky on Pulisic that he wasn't playing I don't think he was ever close to anything he's back in the side performing well He's here to stay. I don't think there is any doubt, really. All right, and I think we'll we'll head to the Porto match because that is probably what most people are waiting for. They probably wanted to get our opinions on the uh, Crystal Palace-Chelsea match because of how good we played. But now we'll move on to the big news, and that is our lineups, formations, and score predictions for this match against FC Porto, the second leg. Um, and that is going to be Chelsea versus FC Porto. I just said that twice in a row. Um, Chelsea form in the last five matches, or... What is it? Six matches in all competitions. A draw, two wins, a loss, and two wins. Uh, compared to Porto, lost three wins in a row, a loss, and then a win. Um, they just had recently. And heading into this match, um, obviously we have the two goal advantage, the two away goals. So I'll throw. I'll go right into the lineups. I'm gonna have Mendy starting in net, and then my back line is going to be 
Asby gets a start, obviously, at the right center back area. Thiago Silva at the middle. Um, I really like that. And then Christensen, I think, is my left center back. Uh, I think Mendy will definitely be in that. Asby will also definitely be there. And now it's tougher. In the past, it was easy to determine the defense, but now there's really three players fighting for two spots. Sorry, four players, actually. I forgot about Zuma. There's Zuma, Rudiger, Christensen, and Diego Silva fighting for two spots. So it's tough. I think Silva will probably come in because I think it's a good time to switch, obviously, since Christensen was injured. It got switched up last game anyway. I think Thiago Silva will start in the center. Aspi will start on the, the right. And I think I think Rudiger will start on the left to give Christensen a bit more time back from injury. So for me, I'm going to have Mendy in net. I'm going to have Aspi right center back, Thiago Silva uh, center center back. And then at the left center back position, I'm going to have Tony Rudiger. Uh, at my left wing back, I'm going to have Ben Chilwell. Right wing back, I'm going to have Reese James. And in the center of midfield, uh, it's going to be Jorginho and Kovacic. Um, and that's going to be my uh, middle th- my middle four and my back three. I completely agree with you, Alex. That is literally a, that is mine. I think Chilwell will start again. I could see Conte coming in for, I think, I think it'd probably be Kovacic. Conte would come in for Kovacic. But I, I think Tuchel's, Tuchel's very knows that it's coming into a stretch of the season that's very important, and to risk Conte getting re-injured for this important stretch isn't that good of an idea. So I think Chilwell, uh, Jorginho, Kovacic, Reese James. Interesting. So we differ on the Conte, Kovac, or Conte, Jorginho type of thing. Um, I do have Conte starting at my midfield. I think we're going to want to play defensive. And obviously with the 2-0 uh, lead but when it comes to the goals, I think we'll want Conte in there. Even though Jorginho had a wonderful match against Crystal Palace, he will mo- most likely start. But you know what? I'll switch it up between you two. Um, and then Chilwell, left wing back. Reese James, right wing back. Kovacic, Conte. Or you know what? I'll go I'll go Jorginho, Conte. I'm going to go crazy because I think Jorginho obviously had a better match than Kovacic. He was my man of the match against Crystal Palace. I'll have him start with Conte there. Uh, and then my front three. This was hard because I wanted Kai Havertz to start, um, but i just rather have Christian Pulisic starting. So Pulisic, Mason Mount, and Olivier Giroud is my striker. Once again, do not have Timo Werner there in the starting lineup. Probably you guys will differ. I'm sure one of you will have Kai Havertz in there, but I do not. You can't bench Havertz after that performance. Come on now. Havertz has to start as a false nine again. I think you honestly just have to keep the front three the same. I think Havertz, Pulisic, Mount will be up top. They played so well. I think you have to just run with them again. I completely agree with you, Peter. I think you run the same front three as well. When you score four goals, you don't change it up. Uh, And I don't think Tuchel does. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to have Pulisic, Havertz at that false nine. And Mason Mount will kind of play off him as well. And that'll be my front three. Score prediction, it's going to be tough. I do think we will go through, but I don't think I think it will be a little bit, you know, scary at the end. And I think it'll be a two-one victory for Porto. Um, but I think we will go through on aggregate. Um, and that obviously would be let's see here, four, three, two, three. Um, that would be three-two on aggregate, and we would go through. <laughs> Math is troubling right now. Three-two on aggregate. 
Um, there we go. Chelsea goes through the semifinals. I have Chelsea getting a 2-1 victory, Alex. Um, I thought you were going to go with the Chelsea 2-1 victory. You're normally pulling off these Chelsea victories. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Chelsea, they're going to keep the form, uh, the good form. And then you know what? Once again, like I mentioned uh, before well, in our, um, I think it was our last episode that we're going to have two episodes this week. It's going to be, it's a crazy week because we have Manchester City coming up this weekend in the FA Cup as well. So we're going to have another episode recapping this one. And you got to hope it's just positive vibes all the way through. But we have positive vibes against Crystal Palace with the 4-1 win. I'm going to keep it going. 2-1 win for Chelsea, which means it'll end in 4-1 uh, will be the aggregate scoreline. And we'll move on. I'm saying this more. I think the scoreline is going to be something close to what Alex said. 2-1 win for Porto or a 1-1 draw. But I'm saying this more because I'm saying trying to speak it into existence. I think it will be a 2-0 you know, win for Chelsea. I'm just hoping that that's it so I don't have to be very stressed. But I could definitely see it coming down to the wire. But I don't want that to happen. So 2-0 no win for Chelsea. And I will speak it into existence because I don't want to be nervous. I think now we're, we'll be able to uh, wrap this one up. We really appreciate you listening, supporting the podcast. If you want to keep supporting the podcast, follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Uh, subscribe to our other podcast, The Giant Take. Subscribe to this podcast, Talking Blues. Give us a five-star rating and review. Um, we, we would really appreciate it. Um, go check us out on the next episode of Talking Blues. That'll most likely be Thursday. Thursday will be the new episode uh, of the Talking Blues podcast. We will recap this game against Porto. Hopefully it's a good result, which will uh, keep the positive vibes going, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, And we have a match to cover against Man City this weekend. So busy week for Chelsea, busy week for us, which that basically lines up perfectly when it's a busy week for Chelsea. It is a busy week for us here at Talking Blues. So we will see you next time for another episode later this week. to the all 80s movies podcast i'm bill and i'm jason and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters the flops and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies the 1980s so whether you're a brain a jock a valley girl or a jedi we've got some 80s classics for you do these movies stand the test of time are we discovering something new is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.